Dorothy said it best. She clicked her heels together and she said, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's something about going home that is comforting and reassuring. There's something about going home that makes you feel safe. It makes you feel secure. Safe and secure. Uh, when I think of home, I don't think of where I live on Arbogast Street. I think of where I grew up in Crestview Lane, in Crown Point. Uh, I think about uh, the room that my brothers, my two brothers and I shared. Um, I, I think when I go into that room now, which has been converted to a grandchildren playroom, uh, I, would ex I had expected a shrine, but yet there is no shrine. There is toys for grandkids. Uh, my room has been converted to a playroom. But uh, I walk in that room and it seems so small. It's like, when did this happen? How did we, three of us, boys live in this room together how did that happen without us killing each other it's so small but yet when i go home i feel i feel almost like a kid again and when you're a kid growing up in your home in your parents house you feel safe you feel secure home can be a place of comfort a place of peace and rest not when you're growing up no 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 it's a place of chaos then but when you get older and you go back home, whether it's for a holiday, we got Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, you know, and you go home for the holidays, Perry Como sang all about it. You go home and you feel safe. There's something wonderful about going home for most people. For some people, it's a very hard thing to do. But for a lot of people, there's a lot of hope and a lot of peace, and a lot of comfort that comes from going home. Like Dorothy said, there's, there's just no place like it. There's no place like home. This morning, we are beginning a brand new sermon series called Going Home. And it's all about um, heaven. It's all about our heart's true home. It's about the home where we really belong. And there's no place like it. The Bible tells us that there is no place like our heavenly home. And the good news, my friends... So we get to go there someday. Someday we get to go home. And it's a day that we look forward to all of our lives. Because we never really feel quite at home here in this world. We never quite feel at home here on earth. There's something in us that longs for something better. There's something in us that longs for something greater. There's something in us that longs for home. So today we're going to talk about going home. We're going to begin this series on going home. If you would uh, grab your Bible and turn to John chapter 14, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. We're going to talk about the Father's house, which is our home. Also grab your bulletin and turn to page 3 to the handy dandy outline. And we're going to talk about the place that Jesus has been preparing for us for nearly 2,000 years got to be quite a place better than the holiday inn i mean holiday inns go up like what six months this is 2000 years what's that going to be like it's going to be awesome we're going to talk about that today in john chapter 14 jesus was telling his disciples that he's leaving them he's nearing the end of his life 
In John 13, he's in the upper room the night before his crucifixion. He's meeting with his disciples. They're celebrating the Passover. They're in the upper room. And Jesus begins to do some strange, confusing things. The disciples are very confused. And their hearts are troubled. We'll see that in just a moment. But what happens is, is Jesus, first of all, takes the lowest position in the house and he washes his disciples' feet. And this was, the, this was the job of the lowest servant in the house. The one who was the, the low, low, low man on the low rung on the ladder would wash the feet of guests. And Jesus takes this position on himself. He wraps a towel around himself and he washes and dries his disciples' feet. And then he begins to tell them some things that they find very disturbing. First, he tells them that one of his own is going to betray him. What do you mean betray you? What are you talking about? One of us is a traitor? Jesus, what does that mean? One of us is going to, who, is, who could possibly want to betray you? What, what does that mean? I mean, this is a happy time. This is a, a time of celebration. And, and here you're talking about leaving us. And Jesus said, I, I have to leave. And they want to know why. Why? Where, where are you going to go? And he tells them where I'm going, you cannot go. Well, what do you mean we can't go with you? That where you're going, uh, we can't go. We've gone everywhere with you for the last three years. What do you mean we can't go with you? What are you talking about? Peter says, I, am, I, I will go with you wherever you want. Wherever you go, I will go with you. And, and he says, I, I will even lay down my life for you. And Jesus looks at Peter and says, really? I tell you the truth. Before the rooster crows, before sunrise, you will deny me three times. Jesus uses the word in the book of John, he uses the word disown. You will disown me three times before the rooster crows. And so the disciples are troubled in their hearts. Now, how do I know this? Because if you look at John 14, 1, the very first thing Jesus says to them after he tells them that Peter will deny him is do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Their hearts were troubled. I mean, how could this be happening? This is a happy time. It's the Passover feast. They're celebrating the Passover. They're celebrating the fact that, that God had delivered his people from Egypt many, many years ago through the, the Passover uh, of the Passover lamb when they put the blood on the, the doorposts and the... And, and, they were celebrating something wonderful, that God's miraculous intervention in the past. This is something they did every year. It's a, it's a celebration of a feast. And now Jesus is talking about leaving. He's going to go somewhere and we can't go with him. We have, like I said, they've gone everywhere with him for the last three years. And he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. How could their hearts not be troubled? Of course their hearts were troubled. What was he talking about? What's going to happen? What's going to happen to you? What's going to happen to us? The disciples' hearts were troubled. Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But, you know, when we go through difficult times in life, our hearts get troubled, don't they? How many of you have a troubled heart this morning? Yeah, there are troubled hearts in our midst. We go through things that make us question our faith. 
We go through things that make us doubt our faith and we doubt what we believe. We have doubts. We have fears. I have doubts. I have fears. You may be thinking, what kind of a preacher are you that you have doubts and fears? I'm a real person. That's who I am. And I know you're a real person too and you have doubts and you have fears. We have times in our lives when our hearts are troubled and we need comfort and we need peace and we need hope. We'll get shocking news. A loved one is sick. A loved one is dying. And we'll have the shocking news hit us. And, and all we want is, is we want some kind of peace in our troubled hearts. We'll find out that our company is going to lay off hundreds of workers. And we wonder, am I going to be one of those? And we are full of fear and doubt. We need to know that everything is going to be okay. We have fears over our children and our grandchildren's futures. We wonder, is everything going to be okay for them? We need to know and to hear that God is in control. We'll hear disturbing news from overseas. Epidemics. Ebola, anyone? Epidemics. Terrorists. Beheadings. Planes blowing up. Buildings blowing up. People being shot. We hear these things going on overseas and we wonder, how long is it going to be before it comes and hits us home? I mean, it already has. Remember 13 years ago on 9-11. And we wonder, when is the next attack going to happen here on our home soil? We need to believe that we're not abandoned and forsaken. When we feel like we've lost our way, when we feel like we're wandering away from home, when we feel like we've, we've messed up beyond forgiveness, we need to know that there is forgiveness and that there is a place for us. In John 14, 1 through 6, we read the promises of a place called home. It is a safe place where we can find peace for our troubled hearts and comfort for our troubled souls. Look at verses 2 through 6 with me. Jesus says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back. And take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus gives comforting words to his disciples' troubled hearts. He gives them comforting words and you know what? I believe that we can find comfort in them as well. And the first blank on your outline is to trust in God. It's the very first thing that Jesus says, and it's the most important, to trust in God, to believe in the Father, to believe in the Son. And when our hearts are troubled, we need to have faith. We need to have faith. We need to believe, to have faith in our Heavenly Father. And you know what? That's not always easy. It's not always easy to have faith. It's not always easy to believe. Faith is hard. You know how I know that faith is hard? The Bible says that faith is hard. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, look at this verse. It says, faith is the confidence that we hope for, that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. We need assurance of things that we cannot see because it's hard to believe in things that you can't see. You have to take it on faith. 
And then in verse 6, the author of Hebrews says, It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. If we truly want to please God, we need to believe in him and seek him. But believing, like I said, believing in what you cannot see is not easy. It's not easy to believe in what you cannot see. But there are good reasons to believe what we believe. I want to put a plug in for Tony and Brian's new Bible study. Starting next Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock, we're going to have a study uh, in apologetics. And apologetics is the uh, study of what it means to defend your faith and, and why we believe what we believe. And they're going to teach this study uh, starting next Sunday at 1 o'clock. The book is 12 bucks. Um, and I encourage you to sign up on the sign-up table in the fellowship hall. If you want to know, to learn how to defend your faith, if you want to know the reasons for why we believe what we believe, that is a great study. It's open to everyone, teenagers, adults, uh, men, women, everybody. Uh, whatever level of faith you're at, it's going to be a great study to learn uh, why we believe what we believe and how to defend your faith. And that starts next week at 1 o'clock. You see, Jesus says that we need to trust in God and we need to trust in, in him. We need to believe in Jesus. We need to believe in God. But it, it's not just trusting on trusting once. We have to keep on trusting. That the, the force of the Greek in, the, in John chapter 14, verse 1 is to keep believing, to keep trusting. If you want peace in your troubled heart, you have to keep on believing. If you've got to keep on holding on to the Father and the Son, you got to keep trusting. You know, many believe that, well, I trusted in God once, or I believed in God once, or I used to believe in God. Isn't that good enough? No, you got to keep on believing. you got to keep on trusting Jesus. With apologies to journey, don't stop believing. Just a small town church. No, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. But don't stop believing. Keep trusting. Keep believing believing in God and in his son Jesus Christ you know there's a story in Mark's gospel chapter 9 that talks about a, a man who had a son who was demon possessed and this is how the story goes it says teacher I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech whenever it seizes him it throws him to the ground he foams at the mouth gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit but they could not Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet. And he stood up. And he stood up. You know, we're like that father that we don't know, we don't trust, 
we don't believe. And we cry out to Jesus, help me, un- help me overcome my unbelief. Help me overcome my doubts. Help me overcome my fears. Father God, help me overcome this unbelief in my heart. Help me overcome it. You know, we can trust God. We can trust Jesus Christ. We can trust God to provide for our needs. We can trust Him to comfort us when we're troubled. We can trust Him to strengthen our weary souls. We can trust Him to save us and to forgive us by His death on the cross. And we can trust Him to take us home. That brings me to my next point. The second blank on your outline is, I am preparing a place By leaving his disciples, the disciples didn't understand it at the time, but he was leaving them for their benefit. He was leaving them for their benefit. They couldn't understand why. Why are you leaving Jesus? And he told them to trust him. Trust me. I am leaving for your benefit. For if I go, I am going to prepare a place for you. A prepare a place for them. Like I said, this has got to be quite a place. He's been preparing it for 2,000 years. And it's not just their place. It just wasn't the disciples' place. It is our place too. Jesus is preparing our place. He says that in my Father's house, there are many rooms. There are many rooms. And Jesus is not lying. Jesus is not a liar. This place that he's talking about, it is real. And he is preparing this real place for his followers, and it is a huge place. It is a big house with many, many rooms. There's enough room for everyone. Anyone can go. Everyone can go. Jesus is preparing this place that if you will put your faith and trust in him, he has got a room for you. And you know what? God knows your favorite color. Mine's blue. My room is blue. I know it. It's going to be a beautiful shade of blue, and it's going to be have an ocean view. I like the ocean. I'll be able to walk out my little door to the beach. It'll be right. No, maybe. I don't know. Sure. Why not? I I have no idea, you know, but I know it's going to be blue because that's my favorite color. My father knows my favorite color. My room will be prepared just for me. This place is real that Jesus has made and there's room enough for everyone. This time that we spend in this world, we know it is full of troubles. It is full of hardships. This world is not our home. Jesus said that he was not of this world, his kingdom was not of this world, and neither are we. We are not of this world. We are pilgrims on our way to our true home. And it's the home that Jesus is preparing for us. And no matter what happens, we have the promise of a home in heaven with our Father. And we have a home in our Father's house. And there is coming a day when we will be safe in his house. We will be safe in our Father's house. There will be no more disease. There will be no more pain. There will be no more terrorists, no more troubles, no more trials, no more tribulations, no more tests. There will be no more sin. There will be no more struggles. There will be no more strife. But we will be with Jesus forever and ever Your pain will be gone. The tears you cry will be wiped away. The death that you fear will be no more. The addictions that you struggle with, the sins that you struggle with, the heartache that you feel, 
the uh, bitterness that, that, that robs you of sleep, the fears that rob you of sleep, they will be no more. They will be gone forever and ever and ever. You will be with Jesus. And now how do I know this? It's because of the next promise Jesus makes. The last blank on your outline is I will take you to be with me. I will take you to be with me. The Father's house that he is preparing for us, where we will dwell forever and ever, is where Jesus will be. His disciples were so troubled because of this separation. There was going to be a separation from Jesus. And let's face it, Jesus was great to hang out with. They loved being with him. And now they weren't going to hang out with him anymore. They weren't going to be with him anymore. He was their constant companion for three years. And now he's leaving? Where is he going to go? Why did he have to leave them? To prepare a place for us. To prepare a place for them. To prepare our home. This separation that that they were going to experience was only temporary. He makes a promise that he is going to come back. And when he does, he is going to take his people home. He is going to take us to our true home in heaven. Our true home where we will dwell with him forever and ever in the Father's house. To this special place. And there will be no more separation. But rather we will see Jesus face to face We will see him face to face and he will welcome us and we will be with him forever. In the original language, this idea of welcoming is the idea of of like a a loving embrace. It's like a warm hug. It's it's a loving embrace. And this idea that that I get from this, that, that this idea of this loving embrace is that when you take your last breath on earth and you take your first breath in heaven, the one waiting there for you with this loving embrace is Jesus. You know, we'll sing the song, I Can Only Imagine. And we think, I can only imagine what it will be like. There's coming a day when you will not have to imagine anymore. Because it will be your reality. Not a figment of your imagination, but a reality that your eyes will behold him. You will see him and he will welcome you into his arms and say, welcome home it'll be a warm embrace like you've never felt before when jesus welcomes you to your home he will welcome you with an embrace that in reality will never have to end for you will be with him forever and ever i was telling the first service about this nightly routine i have that i go in to pray with my son and he gets real excited and he gets up on the bed at the end of his bed and he jumps up and down on the mattress he jumps up and down on the mattress and when i get about uh, about to hear he leaps off the mattress i have to step forward real quick he jumps off the mattress into my arms and he wraps his arms and his legs around me and he squeezes me as tight as he can he's going to kill me one of these days he weighs 80 pounds he's eight years old and weighs 80 pounds okay he's he's a monster and and he's going to break me someday But until that day, I love every second of it. The big nightly hug. And I can't wait to see my Savior and to fall into his arms and throw my head on his his shoulder and to feel the embrace of Jesus around me as he welcomes me home. And he says, welcome home, Sean. Welcome home. It reminds me of the, the show Extreme Makeover Home Edition, right? 
you know, where they have the bus there and they pull the family up and, and move that bus, move that bus. And they move the bus and the family goes, ah, they go crazy and everything. They just lose their minds over this house. And what does Ty Pennington says, said the same thing every time. Welcome home, Smith family. Welcome home. And I, I picture myself standing outside the pearly gates of heaven, right? I, I have dreams. I have dreams. Okay, I have a, an imagination. I picture myself standing outside the pearly gates going, open those gates, open those gates, open those gates. And the gates open up and there's Jesus. Welcome home, Sean. Welcome home. I look forward to that day. I look forward to that day when I fall into his arms and he welcomes me home and he is going to do the same for you. He's going to say, welcome home, my son. Welcome home, my daughter. Welcome home, my child. This is your true home. This is where you belong with me. Our hearts long for that embrace. And at the end of this life's journey, Jesus will be there to greet us. Our souls long to see him face to face. And someday we will no longer have to imagine, but we will know. Those are the words that we long to hear. Those are the words we will hear. So how do we get there? I mean, how do we get this, this promise? How do we get home? You've got to believe. You've got to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, I know it sounds politically incorrect. I know that it sounds exclusivist. And it's not very, you know, politically correct to say that Jesus is the only way. But I'm not the one saying it. Jesus is the one who said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He did not say, I am a way. I am not a truth. I am not a life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if you will put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, if you will believe in him, if you will repent from sins and turn to God for forgiveness, if you will confess your faith and be baptized, you will be saved. You will be forgiven. You will be set free. You will be welcomed into the Father's house. On that day, you will see Jesus face to face because of his grace, because of the, the faith that you had in him, you will receive the promise of eternal life in heaven. And it's not because of your good deeds. You may be a great person. I know that you are. I spend time, you are, you're great. But that's not why you're saved. It's not because of your church attendance. Although that's a good thing, that's not why you're saved. It's not because of your tithing. And again, it's a good thing, but that's not why you're saved. It's not by being a good person. It's by God's grace through faith in Jesus. And this gift is for you. You can receive this gift today. We'll offer an invitation in just a moment. My challenge for you today, if you, if you believe in Jesus, if you're going to heaven, if you're going home Sunday, my challenge for you is to live like it. You know, we can get so bogged down in this life. We get so bogged down. We complain about so much. We gripe, we moan, we groan, we complain, we bicker, we fight. Don't live like that. Live like you're going home. Like there is a place 
prepared for you that you are going to live forever and ever and ever. Let the joy of heaven, let the joy of home fill your heart and overflow out of your life to those around you that they will want to know what is the reason for the hope that you have. How can you live so confidently? How can you live so faithfully? It's because Jesus is preparing a place for me. And I have the promise of eternal life with him. And I am confident in his promises that they are true. The Bible says that all of God's promises are true. They are all yes in Christ Jesus. He has gone to prepare a place for us. Remember this promise. Trust in God. Trust in Christ. For he has gone to prepare a home for us.